0: Hey guys, it's the Young Ambiguous Podcast. I'm Gerald. This is Justin. And we actually have social media now. So if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, it's youngambig. Young so Ambig. Young Big. We we shorten it because ambiguous is just a long word. It's a to long spell. it's a
1: long winded word too. Yeah. So it's like, what's your podcast name? The Young Ambiguous Podcast.
0: So we shorten it, Young Ambig. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to listen to us on the web because your phone doesn't like google play or apple Podcasts, yeah anchor.fm slash young we feel really proud of that yeah url so today i want to preface this for you guys we are going to be doing um i think a lot of what we're going to be talking about is going to be opinion based yeah most of it will be opinion based es- especially this episode we definitely want to bring like legit research and mm-hmm. statistics at times and we'll make sure we're we're clear when we're we're trying to make a, a Factual point. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this podcast will be just us talking and thinking th- through things. And today's episode is going to be just that. We want to mm-hmm. talk about what we think church should look like.
1: Yeah. And um, I think it's it's cool that we're doing this podcast because you and I both have like multiple years church mm-hmm. experience, including different types of churches, I yep. would say on my half on my part. Um, but I also want to add to your preface that these opinions might offend people but remember possibly remember we're created in the image of God to reflect the light of Jesus and Jesus was unoffendable so if you're offended maybe you should maybe you should take a look at yourself
0: (laughs) yeah we're we're, our goal is not to offend or denigrate absolutely any groups or or churches or any organizations but um, we will say what we feel and think about What we feel and think about it. What we feel and think about it, man. A lot of a lot of this episode is going to be coming from from my end. Um, Some of the discussions my wife and I have had over the past year or two in regards to Jesus, church, culture, and just things that have happened around us. You know, like there's this crazy stuff in the news every day. I
1: I don't have cable anymore. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, but I do have yeah. I do have like news on my phone. Yep, and you mean you mean Twitter? I mean, I have Twitter. Oh no, I don't have Twitter anymore. I have Twitter like on my laptop, but I hardly use it. I like I have the the news app on oh. my iPhone. Yeah, you use that sometimes. Cool. Um, cool. And like some of the things we're seeing in in the news directly correlate to what's happening in the church because hmm. we we tend to think of these things as isolated incidents. And that when you go to church, all those things are gone. Like, that's why they say when you enter church, whatever, like when they're, when they're leave praying, your worries behind. leave your worries at the door, man. Welcome to church. Jesus is here. Dude, like that's all good and well, that's for sure. But you cannot like, if you're being oppressed, you can't just take that oppression off of you. Like Jesus is going to work with you on that oppression yeah. for sure. But it also takes the community and the body of Christ to help that person mm-hmm. with that oppression.
0: Exactly. And I think that's kind of like one of the heartstrings of what we're talking about. Of yeah. like, you leave your worries at the door, but you also are supposed to bring your worries to Jesus. Yeah. And a lot of times, what we experience in church services mm-hmm. or worship experiences, worship some experiences, like that's them. my favorite. Like, we're not able to, like, that doesn't correlate.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it it's crazy for us to think like that. Like it's, it's crazy for us to say that we got to drop these at the door, mm-hmm. but Jesus is supposed to be our act. Like uh, the script with w- scriptures and Psalms that Jesus counts all of our tears and puts in a glass bottle. You know what I'm saying? It's in yeah. Psalms. And like, yeah, that happens in your private time with God. And that happens when you're praying with God. But, the body of Christ is is supposed to be something that uplifts you, mm-hmm. that undergirds you. Um, it, I think it's an, yeah, it's in Acts two, like not during Pentecost. It's like two forty. I, I think it's in two. Yeah, forty two. Like they're going to and from the church, speaking the things of God, and many were or no, they saw the love that they had for one another, and then many believe because the love they had for one another. So okay, yeah, that's well. That's, That's
0: like a mixture of... It's scriptures. in the, it's in the it's, Bible. It's in the Bible. It's yeah. in the Bible, dude. I'm Jesus not... said,
1: like, you will be known by our love. Yeah. No, no. It's Hold on. I'm, gonna, I'm about to, flip, it. to it. I'm flip to it. I'm going to flip to it. I have a Bible right here. Gerald didn't bring his Bible, and he's wow, actually... Wow. Throwing me
0: right threw, under I, the Bible I, bus.
1: I threw you pretty hard under the Bible bus. Thanks. We're in the Bible Belt. <laughs> All so. the kids
0: are going to the youth camp right <laughs> over my
1: body. Thanks, Justin. <laughs>
0: um, um, You found it?
1: I think I did... Well, um, no, I th- that was wrong.
0: <laughs> I, I was telling you that like yeah. you didn't want to believe me, but whatever. I think, um, what Justin's hinting at is a lot of times when we speak about loving one another, we love one another in kind of the safe places and the safe ways. Yeah. And we're not empathizing for every situation. So like if somebody has a loss in their family, whether it's like a parent or a pet, like and anything in between when somebody loses somebody that they love, there is empathy because we can ex- we understand what it's like to to not have somebody in our life. Yeah, but it's hard for maybe somebody who's never been lacking in wealth and like things that they need to identify with somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Or you know somebody who's maybe never felt the sting of racism to empathize with somebody who feels that they're under the thumb and so yeah. i think that aspect of loving one another needs to be a little bit broader in the
1: church did yeah. you find it yeah i did find the scripture but um before i even enter into that scripture it, it's true like empathy is empathy and sympathy are part of human nature and sometimes it's lacking in church yeah because because of our filters that we have around us so like say I'm a wealthier white person Mm -hmm. that's pretty I'm sorry like I don't mean to use that as a stereotype as we're talking about stereotypes Um, but it's just the easiest one so please forgive me if that offended anybody but say I am that Mm-hmm. and say I never had to work for a thing in my life. Um, let's say that... You had
0: a, a small loan of a million dollars.
1: My dad had a small loan. Um, no, but let's say I never had to work for anything. Let's say I... You were always... Everything was provided. Yeah. You were, you were taken well care of. Yeah, so when someone... When you when you have a friend that wasn't like that, mm-hmm. how do you react? Like it? So it's I think there's a double-edged sword here because it's difficult for those people to understand... It's difficult for those people to like contextualize what's going on in that person's life because they've never experienced it themselves. Yeah. So I can't necessarily be mad at that person or think that that person should think, should think a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If that person is a Christian, I'm hoping that person is seeing me through the eyes of Jesus and, yeah. is, and is finding empathy and sympathy in those things. Because if Jesus was is able to empathize and sympathize with the things that I'm going through because he went through them as well, Yep. then so should that other person.
0: Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? And that's what I think is really the the root of it is is kind of that empathy and that comfort that we're supposed to have. You know, the scripture that talks about we're able to comfort people because we've been comforted by God. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times because we don't have similar experiences mm-hmm. and our lives are different, like It's hard for us to truly comfort somebody if we've never been in that position, but that doesn't mean we can't empathize. We can't feel for them and try and understand what's going on instead of trying to gloss over and, and yeah. have them healed and, and move forward so quickly when they're still going through it. And I think for me, this started happening with a lot of the shootings and the, the deaths mm-hmm. of lots of People of color, you know, by the hands of police, and it's hard to express pain and the way that you're feeling about it without somebody trying to defend police officers. And for sure, and that's the hard part for me. Is like I'm, I love police officers and and what they're supposed to do and the job that they have, and I also like. Don't want to be scared when I get pulled over. Yeah, and like I, I can have both of those emotions for and both sure. of those thoughts.
1: I think yeah, because people who are either black or white on these issues, and I don't think their issues to be black and white are, not like, because there's people on both sides. Yeah, like my cousin is a police officer, yet I've lived in Atlanta where I've seen people who are were either wrongly convicted mm-hmm. of something or rightfully yeah. convicted. It doesn't really matter, but I've seen like when I so when I was uh I wasn't really a youth pastor in Atlanta I was a youth I was a youth missionary I guess I worked mm-hmm. with the youth there I was a missionary in Atlanta Yeah and the kids I'm this is not a joke dude like 7 8 years old they would they'd see police officers and they would be terrified hmm. terrified to the point like we we invited some uh atlanta pd to come to our church to talk to the kids Mm. they they're the bicycle team they would ride around the park whatever and this little girl i won't say her name but she's absolutely adorable she's the cutest little thing i've ever seen and the police officer walked into the room into our classroom and i've never seen a girl so afraid in my life like Mm. i've never seen someone so afraid to the point where she was shaking she was crying she was like you couldn't you couldn't bring her down yeah and it took it took about four months for her to be okay to talking to a police officer yeah just for her to say hi how are you four months Th- that's crazy yet i know for a fact police officers are being shot i know for a fact that i'm we're talking about opinions but i'm reading stats right now <laughs> um i i know that they have a, they're afraid as well they're just yeah. as afraid as we are and i yeah i I feel that same way like every time I'm driving I see a police officer like out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't notice yeah. me driving yeah and i'm I'm just so afraid but see that's the thing for me is like i
0: i don't we're not like i'm I'm not trying to tell, tell you what side to pick right but we're just saying like we should understand what's going on, you know what I mean like we should understand like that little girl probably has very good reasons. Like close to home in maybe in her own home or in her family or on her street that would make her have that fear. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then on the same side, like, like, we're not trying to say either side is right or wrong. We're Mm -hmm. just trying to say, like, as Christians, we should be able to empathize. Yeah. And I think for me, the struggle that my wife and I, when we talk about these things, it's like, we don't even feel like we can talk about it we don't even feel like it's something that can be discussed because the yeah. second you bring it up, they want you to be white or black on it and you have to have a decision and you have to be on a side and it's yeah. like, can't we just discuss how we feel about it?
1: Yeah. You know, Yeah, all that to say like where does this fit in church? And let's, I think we should start. I'm going to deviate from that scripture. I was, it was acts two verse 47 and it was actually a combination of scriptures that I would preached in a sermon before. And that was my point in the sermon. Um, but I think we should talk about church, yeah, in, in a broader spec. Like we, we kind of just like, yeah, we built our platform. We, you know, you see where we're coming from now. So yeah. now we can talk about church, what we think church should look like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, for me, church is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think for every believer, church should be important. Um, I think even if you don't necessarily agree with the idea of church, I think it's important for you to be in a church. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily go to church to get fed anymore. I go to church. That, that's some Christianese for you. Yeah. I go to church for community.
0: Yeah. And just so we can define the terms really quick church, like biblically speaking is just a community of believers. Right. So if you, believe in Jesus and you believe in him as your savior and as your Lord, and when you gather together, like you as an individual are part of the church. And so when right. you come together with people with the same faith and the same beliefs, you are like that group of people is the church. Right. And being fed is just, you know, being taught scripture, being taught spiritual truths yeah, and yeah. and how to walk out that faith right. together in this world. Right. And so When we speak about church, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's home churches where people just gather in their homes with like, you know, five to 20 people and they just talk about scripture. We'll talk about those, yeah. And then there's also mega churches where like (laughs) 20,000 different people sit in massive buildings and watch one person give an opinion teach the scripture (laughs) in some places to give opinion and and some of these mega churches are so large they have campuses that just pipe in a screen sure and and I'm not saying it's wrong it's just that's like the range of churches for sure of church at least in the states
1: yeah that I I, we've experienced yeah where where do you want to start in this on the spectrum do you want to start with house churches yeah start there okay so um what is your opinion on house churches? At in, in, in the first place, I
0: I like house churches. I just think for me the biggest question that comes up is like authority. Where right. where do they like how do they how do they have authority structures and who's sure. in, who's in charge slash not that someone has to be in charge but like if something gets out of hand or something gets out of line yeah how
1: do you rectify that where yeah. do you
0: handle it who do you go to you know and then also like the way I think about it too is with an orchestra right or a band mm-hmm. if you want your instruments to be in tune you use a tuner right and so for for Christians that's supposed to be the, the word of God we're supposed to be in tune with one another
1: hmm
0: and so I think for us like for for a home church specifically that's where it gets kind of fuzzy and gray for me it's yeah. Like, how are they staying in tune with like the larger church the the global church if they are just hanging out sure in a house
1: so like i went to a house church um actually while i was in atlanta one of our pastors one of the one of the teachers at the school um started a house church and that was my same question i'm like i've been going to church with a very very structured hierarchy like Mm -hmm. pastor is the one you answer to and pastor answers to the elders yeah when I was going to this church, I'm like, "Who is the el- Who are the elders? Mm-hmm. What is the pa- Who does the pastor answer to?" It turns out that uh, like a home church, depending on what it is, like I could start a home church tonight, yeah, and I could be the ultimate authoritarian in the home church because it's your house and you invited. It's my house. It's my rules, right? Um, but what they did was that he set up a, a like a elder board mm-hmm. of trusted Christians that he knew. Or trusted pastors that he knew, and they would contribute to what he would say or whatever, and he answered to them. Yeah. And the house church was structured a lot like a normal church would, where hmm. they had announcements, they like, they had worship announcements, like, teaching, uh, yeah. Or so message, yeah, pretty much. Um, but like I, I've been to another house church um, mm. where it wasn't like that; it was yeah, just a small yeah. group. And I think with a house church, there's like depending on how it's structured. Yeah. Like, so like my friend's house church was structured under an actual denomination. Okay. And this house church I went to was just a small group and everybody shared the responsibility. There was only just one host. There wasn't like a head pastor. Okay. So I, I kind of relate that more to like how acts, like how the church started, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. In a room, a bunch of people praying and then
0: yeah, crazy stuff start happening, and and that's where it kind of quickly goes from like a home church to like a mega church. yeah, because I would be, I, I don't know statistically off the top of my head, but I've always heard that most churches in America are like seventy five to a hundred people. The average, yeah, is about that. Yeah. It might be more, it might be less, but it's not like thousands, which sure. is funny because the home church of the disciples praying. And seeking the Holy Spirit, like Jesus told them to. Yeah, Peter steps out on a balcony, and then they expand to like there's a thousand people, right? Right, so like it goes really quick from home church to mega church. Um, and there's definitely communities in between because we see sure. all through I the mean, New Testament different churches of different sizes and different cities. Oh, yeah, absolutely, doing their thing.
1: So, um, and as an example of that, um, that happening in modern day, uh Passion City Church started as a college small group. Hmm. Um, Mars Hill started as a house church. I mean, we saw what happened to Mars Hill. If yeah. anybody followed that, that was That's tragic, crazy. and I'm so sorry for the crazy people story. that lost community because of it. But it's still incredible how that happened. You yeah, know, it just it was it was a house church that grew into the largest church in the north in northwest. Yeah.
0: And to give them a little bit house churches a little bit more credibility, Francis Chan. Has, he left yeah. Simi Valley, which is an awesome mega church that was Absolutely. thriving and, and just he was teaching and it was growing. And now he's, I don't know if you saw, it was on Facebook because he was speaking to the employees at Facebook. But he was yeah. talking about what he's doing now, which is kind of like what you were saying, like home home groups, home churches, that kind of function. But they're kind of unified together mm-hmm. through a loose organizational structure. Yeah. And I think I think that's really healthy so that like one home group doesn't get really off and twisted and away from the Bible and away from a twisting and confusion. You yeah. Because I, I feel like that accountability is necessary in a home church. Yeah, for sure. And I think the benefits of home church are huge because you know everybody mm-hmm. and you can help each other. You can grow you with can, each other. You can grow with each other. You know each other's kids. You're helping. You're a true village working yeah. together through life. And like we were talking about in the beginning, you can really empathize for what they're going through because you know them it's yeah. not just somebody you're bumping into and praying for really quick and hoping jesus heals, heals their their, their situation you actually know their name you know their wife's name you know their situation yeah. and you're able to really have transparent conversations for sure i my
1: i have a pastor friend um and in, in Ackworth, georgia is the church is called church of Ackworth. um and he's like their what's it called for he's their Elder, pastor? He's he's the house church pastor, head pastor. Okay. So their model is based off of the nation of Israel. So they have... Tribes and kind of like... The whole nation of Israel is still the nation of Israel, but there's different tribes in that nation. And Mm. each tribe has a different functioning level or different ideal, but they're still unified in that one idea that they're the nation of Israel. So that's what he did with the church of Ackworth. But it's a huge church like it's a giant church and yeah. i've seen a lot of mega churches move into that like um like grace midtown or mm-hmm. the grace churches like there's several of them they're yeah. huge churches um but they have house churches they're called like they're they're not called house fires it's their worship band yes, but yeah yeah it's it's close to that but they're all about houses there yeah they're all about houses there man and
0: i think as we kind of transition to mega churches like Let's just say right here, right now, too. Like, I don't think we think any is wrong, right? And I don't think any is right. I think it it depends on the people. It depends on like yeah. the leadership style. It depends on like what you're doing. If you're living mm-hmm. in accordance with the scriptures, like are you are you actually a church community right. of, of believers who are following
1: Jesus? What would what would you be more prone to go to a house church or a mega church?
0: I've never actually been to a real like house church. I've been to Bible studies sure. and home yeah. groups, but I've never been to like an actual like this is what we do,
1: like yeah, this yeah, is our yeah. home church situation. So you'd be more prone to go to mega church? That's yeah. that's what I know. I mean me too. I I would I'm not like trying to yeah, throw you yeah, in. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of what we're talking about. Like so I would go to a mega church because there's something about worshiping with that many people. That oh, yeah. But there's also something about worshiping with just like four people. Yeah. There's... There's... It's for, different, but it's good. Yeah. They're both good. Yeah. for sure. Like, I know that I need a mega church because I like community outside of that. mm mm-hmm. um, I don't like... I don't like being known a lot. Like, I don't like people, like, coming up and touching me or whatever. <laughs> people you don't know close and well. People, yeah. But I... I thrive off of the idea, the idea of a mega church, but I also thrive off the idea of a house church where people can be personal and they can know what I'm going through. Yeah. And us being who we are, we are ambiguous people, like culturally and stuff. Like the things that we go through mm-hmm. at church can be little, little weird because sometimes the pastor might say something that not really thinking about who's in his audience. Mm-hmm. Or and, he just doesn't see us because we're not the majority. Yeah, like... I would say that my, like, that I'm probably, I mean, so church, we went to church last night yeah. together, mm-hmm. um, and it was a pretty mixed crowd. Like, I would say yeah. most well, of the people in there were kind of Spanish. I would, I honestly- It's summertime, so. It's summertime. There's a lot of good tans going on right now. Yeah, that's true. But I would say for the most part, like, in my row by itself, it was, it was my wife, it was my friend Renzo who is Peruvian, his wife. Yeah. Who's also a white woman. Um, a man who was Spanish and a woman who was Spanish in my row. hmm So that was that was kinda cool. Yeah. But I mean I mean the majority is still The majority white. is still white. There is there's people there for sure. Right. But it's not the majority. Yeah, and I don't know where I was leading with that, but I, I think that it was kinda mixed last night. Yeah. That's for sure. And I haven't I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was the oddball out. Mm-hmm. But um Uh, No, I did go to church on Sunday morning, and I was 100% the oddball out. There's, like, maybe one other guy of color there, Mm -hmm. and I, like, waved to him from across the room, and that was... The the head nod. I was like, what's up, dude? Hey, man. So, if things go south, me and him are running out of there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You got to identify your
0: survivors in the extreme situations. (laughs) That would never happen, but... I mean, it might. You never know. You never know. know But I think... You know, mega in in the sense of just being large churches. Mm-hmm. I think the definition is over a thousand,
1: right? Yeah. So, like, the church I started at had five thousand members. Wow. And we're we're a mega church, but we never had five thousand people in the pew at the same time. At the yeah, no, we had four services. Yeah. So each service had about uh, I don't know that is like hundred a 1,
0: thousand close to it yeah 1100 is what i was trying to say yeah close to
1: it yeah we had a lot of people and then we had like extra seating in different areas of the church mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily the church um or the sanctuary yeah so, well you're probably counting kids too right no 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 we weren't counting just kids. adults wow yeah it's just adults they'll, they'll take the youth room and turn it into like the cafe so people could sit yeah and then they'll have like a curaic in there so it's now a cafe wow yeah so um
0: the Lord's blessed it. And the Lord has blessed it. So um, yeah, I think mega churches for, for me, I'm, I'm working at one where we have three campuses. Mm-hmm. Two of them are video campuses. They have campus pastors and, and a team of people who work there and, and volunteer and, and make service happen each weekend. And we have a, a pretty large campus in, right. in in Melbourne where, you know, we have the same type of thing. We have a cafe and actually like with food yeah, and Yeah. You stuff actually have a nice cafe. Like there's a, Commons area where people can sit with their kids or family, and kind of like, you know, we have about that many people spread across all over. Yeah. I think we might have a little bit more, close to like seven or eight thousand, but we never like talk about numbers publicly. So I don't, I don't mean, even like your sanctuary. Really, no like official numbers
1: for sure. Like a...
0: our sanctuary can seat two, almost three thousand people, and really. One. It's like just it's like two thousand seven hundred, depending on like seating configurations. If they can take chairs out, yeah, they can add some. Add some.
1: Honestly, it's huge. (laughs) I walked in there. I walked in there the first time because where we're recording is pretty close to that. And I walked in there the first time, and I was my jaw literally dropped. It was huge. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, so we have we have three services throughout the week, or four services throughout the week. Three on the weekends, and um. Yeah, I think in regards to mega churches one of the the biggest drawbacks is the personal touch that yeah. is missing from like whereas a home group. For sure. And I think for for me I would love to see that happen more maybe outside of just community groups. Yeah, where the church as a whole is very understanding and open and and willing to
1: talk. For know? sure. I I have a question like well, I've always had this question: Are you supposed to know everybody in your church? Like, hmm. I don't. Are, I don't think you have to. I mean, I mean, ultimately, if they they really do believe in what they're listening to, then we'll know them in the life to come and in and yeah. heaven, paradise. But well, are we going to know everybody in heaven? I mean, I hope. I hope so, because we have eternity to get to know everybody. Yeah. So I guess we have a long time. We have a long time. If we're like, ah, yeah, that guy's been sitting in the corner for about, you know. Ten millennia. Still don't remember his name, though. I think his name's. I think his name's John. Yeah, but because I I always feel convicted about that. Like when I'm at church, there's people that I have gone to church with my whole life, my whole Christian life, um, at that church, and I do not know their name.
0: Hmm.
1: As a like, I was an assistant to the youth pastor, like I said, and. There'd be parents. I had no idea who their children were. Yeah. Not a clue. And I I always felt kind of weird about that. And I always felt like maybe that's where the disconnect in mega church and house churches really are is the, like you said, the personal touch. Like there are people that have seen me at church and have never talked to me because they, they don't know how to approach somebody in such a large setting. Hmm. How to get personal with somebody. Yeah you know and that's why i think mega churches try to do a really good job
0: of community groups our church has like tons of them all over the county so mm-hmm. i'm not saying we don't have personal touch aspects i think mega churches can do it well mm-hmm. it's just for me kind of what we were getting into in the beginning is just like that understanding and empathy kind of gets lost when you have such a large group of people from so many different backgrounds you almost can't say anything that is empathetic to any side. Right. You're almost, you're almost blocked from being really transparent and saying
1: what you feel. Do you, would you feel more comfortable preaching at a mega church than you would a home church? Well, I don't know. Like, I think it's different. Like it's split
0: straight down the middle. Like in a home church, you can share real deep gut wrenching, like things from your soul. Right in like struggles and this that and the other, whereas at a mega church, you can just kind of like you can stick to your talking points, you can stick to the scriptures that you're teaching mm-hmm. and you don't have to really let too much of your true identity out. You can measure it, you know what I'm saying right right. Like however comfortable you are with sharing, you can share at a mega church, even right. if it's like z- zero. like you can say your name, <laughs> teach and leave.
1: And no one will ever. Well, I mean, they'll be like you know the sisters. If you're a guest speaker, if you're a guest speaker, you're a guest. Yeah, if you're you're like a pastor, they're going to
0: get to know you, and you'll they'll see you before and after service. But if you're a guest speaker at a mega church, you can literally just like come in, drop your message, and leave, and not really have to be too personal. Obviously, personal stories and all those different things engage in your teaching and help it. Like sink in, but at a home church, you can't like walk into somebody's home with like less than twenty people, yeah, and get out of
1: there without really being yourself
0: for sure. In in some extent,
1: yeah. Like so, I I I have both those experiences. Mm -hmm. I preached at a really really small church in Port St. Lucie. It was, God was discovery. Man, I can't remember the name of the church. All I know is. Uh, my friend Corey, he's he's in Beggars, you, the you, band. Yeah, he's in he's in the band. He's the worship pastor there, oh, cool. and um, the band Beggars. I have yeah. I, if I, so, I, have you never heard of Beggars, shout out. they're an incredible band, uh, pop punk band from Port, uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the area. Really good. Anyway, they invited me to come speak over there, and I'm ex- like, he's like, yeah, come speak to our youth group, and I'm expecting like you know 40, 50 kids. Yeah, the way he's put it up. There was actually three kids and about 10 adults. Wow. And so, like, after I finished preaching, uh, I was talking about missions and stuff. After I finished preaching, we had, like, a two-hour-long discussion. Wow. And I loved it. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it, but I loved it. And then I would preach in Atlanta uh, during this the uh, this ministry called we call Adopt-A-Block. Yeah. And bef- basically what it is, bef- before I just go into my story, Adopt-a-Block is an incredible ministry. Um, it, it's hosted by most of the Dream Centers, and the Atlanta Dream Center is kind of the one that is the catalyst for it. Basically what, what happens is, is a group of people go out into the city of Atlanta to different neighborhoods, different mm-hmm. lower-income neighborhoods, and hand out food. Wow. But we don't say, like, here, take this food because you're poor. It's like, hey, we have so much of this food at the, at the Dream Center. Can you help us? Take this with them, build a connection, pray for people. I've seen crazy awesome things happen there. That's awesome. It's cool. So my job was to preach before we went out to encourage people to do these things. And sometimes it would be like like at least six hundred people in the room, and wow. I would be I'd be terrified. One time I went to preach and Passion City Church had come to do missions with us that day. Whoa. Yeah, dude. It was crazy. Was Louie in the room and you preached Louis to Louie? If Louis Giglio was in the room and I preached to Louis Giglio, I would resign because I'd I'd made it. I'd pass out. Like I'd,
0: if I made eye contact with <laughs> Louis Giglio sitting anywhere in a room that I'm preaching, mm-hmm. I'm just fainting.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I mean I he's not my idol, but I definitely admire him as a person and oh. as a pastor. Yeah. And um I mean there there are pastors in there that I knew and I recognized. Um The we were just talking about him last week, the guy from Bellary of Sean. Oh, he was there? He was there. And wow. I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. Um, but I, so I've been in a room preaching to that many people and I was way more comfortable doing that yeah. than I was doing just the the three people, the three kids rather, the 13 people in the room. Well, I
0: mean, that's the other thing too, is like most home churches don't video record their sermons. No. <laughs> so most of what we're wired to see and most of what we've seen done yeah. is mega church style teaching and message delivery where sure it's a large group watching you know one person on stage
1: yeah like learning how to work the stage and whatever and
0: yeah you don't watch someone like sitting in a living room leading a small group as somebody goes to the you hear like four or five people running off to the bathroom yeah like walking right by you <laughs> as you're like reading scripture yeah so I think what we would like to see church be because we talked about both yeah what they kind of are and some of the drawbacks What I think we'd like to see is a really good merging of that for me yes I would love to be able to go to a large church I think of uh, large churches it's like if people can come like and they invite their friends and it's not too like intense and personal we're like hey guys we're going to a potluck at my friend's house and mm-hmm. we're having dinner but if it's like hey come to me Saturday come with me Saturday night to my church like it's got really good music and it's fun and it's like cool like, I think that's a good thing to have yeah. all the different mixtures, but I really think like church should be a place where you can really be yourself Yeah, because you really need Jesus in every aspect of your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and just a testament to what you said, like I, I feel I'm so embarrassed, but last night before I went to church, I had to figure out what outfit I was going to wear. Like I had to fit the demographic. You looked fly, though. Thank you. You really did. I mean, I got that. It was like, everything's from Old Navy. <laughs> it except was good. For, except for the boots. They were from Old Navy. I love those things.
0: Shout out Old Navy if you want to give us a
1: sponsor. Yeah, we're, whoa. We're, I didn't even think about that. We're ready. Stay woke. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like, I, I should be able to come to church just as I am. I mean, I'm not going to come in pajama pants or anything like that. This is still a public area. I should still be presentable. Yeah. But I should be able to come to church with my junk with, like, what's going on in my life and and experience Jesus in a real way where I know that I'm not being judged for it. Yeah. I should be able to, like, back to our, our experiences at different churches. The last church I was at in Atlanta, like, I was allowed to jump. I, I could jump around. I could... It was a very Pentecostal church. I'll say that. I could jump around. I could kneel. I could cry. I could do whatever I wanted to do, experience Jesus in that moment. Yeah. And it was completely acceptable mm. here like or at churches I've been attending to now I feel like if I was to do those things people would be like casting judgment on me well you're a little bit of a distraction please calm yeah down. yeah like oh sorry that the the Lord's doing something in your life can you please take that outside like that kind of stuff it, yeah. it really bothers me like we at least for me as a pastor I th- I love it when I'm seeing people get impacted. I love it when I when yeah, hands raised is cool, but most of that is just like muscle memory at this point. <laughs> but when some when I when I'm worshiping God, yeah, I it doesn't matter how good the music is, it doesn't matter how well the songs are versed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm allowing myself to have a real interaction, a real encounter with the real God. That shouldn't be Put in a boundary it shouldn't be put in a box like I shouldn't I shouldn't be afraid of what people are thinking in those moments but yeah in church now a lot of people are just like man I'm having this really cool encounter with the Holy Spirit but I'm not gonna like yell in tongues so that's not culturally acceptable I mean I wouldn't do that well that's but, unscriptural
0: but yeah right but, I think I think what you're saying what you're getting at is like you should be able to express what god is doing you should be able to be real and genuine and be like wow god's moving in my life and i i want to praise him and move around a little bit i want to like you know lift a shout and i think you know there's different flavors of church where like you can go somewhere that that's acceptable but i think like across the board people should kind of be like that should be something normal like we should when we see somebody getting excited about jesus that shouldn't be like the exception like we should all be getting excited about jesus and I think people would be able to do that if they're bringing their real self to him. Sure. If they're bringing their real self into the sanctuaries and being like, this is where I am, this is how mm-hmm. I feel, this is what I think, and not being automatically shut down because like, that's not what we stand for and that's not what we talk about here, that's not this, that, and the other. It's kind of like, no, I can, like, this is this is who I am. Sure. Um,
1: there, there shouldn't be like, yeah, there shouldn't be a disconnect. There
0: really shouldn't. And that's why I feel like the struggle has been for me for the past, however long, is like, there's things that have been burdening my heart in culture, in the world around me right? that, you know, a lot of people I know have already made up their decision what side they're on. Yeah. And it's like, well... I don't even know if I can talk to you about it because you've already decided. Yeah. You I, know, like, I just want to share how I feel, but people are already telling me what's right and what's wrong.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, this is kind of leaning, this is leaning politically, so it's okay. We can <laughs> go there. Um, like, I I definitely feel like the doesn't matter. What does matter. Everything does matter. Whoever you voted for, whatever <laughs> happened, you should be able to talk about those things with with everybody without feeling like a outcast. Yeah, like an outcast. Like, say you voted for you voted for Hillary, right? Say so you did that. Um, you you should be able to to say that out loud without having people like try to change your mind so or you vote, yell at you or think you're an idiot. Yeah, or say say you voted for Trump doesn't mean people have to like stereotype you in, in a certain like if someone was to say I voted for Trump and in, in a public setting uh you you're gonna get so many mixed reviews mm-hmm. and mixed like things heard like most of the time if say you say it at Berkeley University you're gonna get shot for it say you say it in Texas you're gonna get a beer for it you know yeah so it's like it's so convoluted and mm. so disoriented it it's it disoriented It's a horrible word for it but disorienting yeah it is disorienting
0: and i think i think that's kind of like one of many things that the church it hasn't been very open to discussing yeah and people can't bring who they really are into the church not even just politically but just socially with different issues and yeah. things it's like p- politics has always been something like the church is here and like you, if you're outside of that bubble if you're outside of that circle if you're outside of those thoughts then like you should not say it until you agree
1: well yeah I mean and then people argue like the church and state should be separate but we can't we can't have that ideal if we're li- we're letting Andy Stanley do the inaugurational prayer we can't have that ideal if we're having pastors meet in the White House and pray for the president and pray for whoever the pres- it is yeah it doesn't matter like We can't say these things and we can't like make it exclusive. Yeah. Or without, without. uh, And then get up in arms. Yeah. But then the same thing. It's like, it's, it's it's such a hypocritical
0: thing too, because we'll get so up in arms about certain governmental things. Yeah. You know, like we have to vote this way and we have to protect this thing and the, the government can't take our right as a church. And it's like. Mm -hmm. Well, aren't we supposed to be separate? No, and, and that's yeah. that's what I think for us. We're like, no, it's it, we have to understand. It's one the same. We have to understand what Jesus has to say about every aspect of life, including yeah. po- politics, including social stuff, including where you work. All of those things, like everything in your life, should be coming out of your faith and and love and obedience to Jesus. Yeah, and, and not be separated because like, oh, we're separated. Yeah. It's like no.
1: No, you can't you can't be separated. That's it's so I I have friends on both sides of the spectrum and I kind of fall in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um you I, I've had people I have people in my life that are ultra liberal who still love Jesus. I have people in my life that are not alt right because that's really scary, but they're was they're conservative Republicans and they love Jesus and they love people. Yeah. So that that's what the crazy thing is. They they love Jesus. They love people, and they're Republicans. And sometimes I can't talk about these things with other people. I well, that's why we started this podcast because I can't talk about these things with other people. Um, and it makes things really difficult. It makes things like yeah. I can't have certain friends over at the same time because they're going to get an argument. Yeah, and they're going to hate each other. Yeah, and they're going to they're going to blame me for bringing them over. <laughs> Which is the opposite of what we were talking about at the o- beginning uh, opposite that's loving one to. another, right? Yeah, it's exactly where I was going to. Like, regardless, what, where are we at right now? We're at 40 minutes. We're at 40 minutes, so. 45 minutes I think almost. you want to start, like, de-escalating this and bringing it to a place where we can stop. Probably okay. I will say that, regardless to, I mean we're we're gonna this is gonna we're gonna we're have gonna to keep going. drill
0: down into some of these topics.
1: Yeah, I think next week's podcast we're gonna continue talking about this because it's a big topic. Yeah, and it, it's not like the the soul of what we're talking about here, at young ambiguous, but it is the backbone of it. Yeah, uh, of the things that are happening in culture right now. But regardless to to who you are and to what you believe in the realm of Christianity. At different churches they believe different things, of course. Yeah. But wherever you're at, you should be loved by that pastor. Yeah. You should be loved by the congregation and you should be able to explain these things to other people. That's why that's yeah. my vision for church. Yeah. Is to be is to be able to talk about these things openly.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things I, I don't know where it came from. It's not my quote, mm. but to I think it maybe Benet Brown maybe says it. But to be fully known mm. is to be fully loved. Wow! Or the only way that you can be fully loved is to be fully known. Something along those lines. And I feel like so many Christians go mm. to church and they don't feel known, mm-hmm. and they um, because of that don't feel loved. Yeah. And so that's my struggle. Is like I want. In my youth ministry, right? I want the students to be real with me. I would hate it if they come through the entire time that they're in the youth ministry and they say the right answers and they they act the right way at church, but they never actually tell me or ask me questions. They never ask the hard questions that they're thinking about. They never tell me the the hard things that they're going through. And if you multiply that out to the whole church, I think there's a lot of people who are coming to church who would love to have discussions about really rough things that are going on in culture really tough things that are happening in their lives but because it comes off as a different flavor comes Mm -hmm. off differently they feel like they can't share it they can't be who they really are they can't talk about it
1: yeah um man i my heart is for the church Mm -hmm. like we love it i do i do love the church and as silly as things may be in church. And I really do believe that where the Lord is placing me and where the Lord has placed us specifically is to be a ministry in the church for the church. Yeah. To be like, I believe in the power of prophecy. I believe in that. And I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I had somebody prophesy over me that I was going to be a pastor to pastors. Wow. And that, that, that basically what we're talking about for people to be known, people to be loved. Cuz I, I think a lot of times in mega churches, we're probably going to go over where I said we're going to stop, so. Yeah. Um a lot of times in the churches I kind of forget that the pastor is a person too. Wow. And I forget that that person needs love too. Mm. And, I for- and I forget I forget even more when I'm in a mega church. Yeah. Because you're you're looking at this guy, you're like he's got everything he needs. He's got a staff, he's got a wife, he's got a congregation of 5,000 people. There, there are literally thousands of people listening to him right now, but that person is probably still alone. And that pastor is still probably having trouble with things and not understanding what's going on and not liking what's happening in his megachurch Egypt either. Mm -hmm. But he can't say anything, but he can't say anything or do anything. He feels trapped. Exactly. I mean, his elders are telling him one thing and he's believing another thing and yeah,
0: and God speaking to him, and his churches yeah. saying
1: this, that, and the other, and yeah, and yeah. I mean, I, I try to, I try to allow that human aspect in everything that I'm doing in life, like yeah, or every everyone I'm thinking about in life, like, mm-hmm. it, it goes from it go, it goes from people in my neighborhood, Donald Trump to ISIS. I those people were all created in the image of God. Those people were all are sons of, sons of God, but they don't know their identity. So yeah. that why, that's because that's why they're doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. They're, they've been led astray. Yeah. And in the church that we have now, man, I'm going to get emotional. In the church that we have now, we see those people and we, one, we demonize them. Yeah. Two, we don't allow them to be people mm-hmm. and we don't care what's going on. Mm. I, when was the last time you we went to a prayer meeting where we prayed for ISIS? ISIS? When, when was the last time we went to you, you went to church and the pastor talked about someone who was unpopular mm-hmm. and prayed for them? When was the last time? The last time I we went to church where the congregation got up and prayed for other people was yep. last night. And I've been going to church ba- back here in Florida for almost a year now. When was the last time I saw some people people lay hands on other people? When was the last time that we saw the church get up as a movement hmm. and said, "Okay, this is what we need to do. These are the people that we need to help." Besides yeah. going on a, on a missions trip, and yeah. we'll talk about that probably that next be week. A whole another podcast, yeah. You know, the the what was that? Was that where you said it was uh... colonialism? No, not not colonialism. We talked about it when we first met. It was like a vacation. Something. Oh, volunteerism. Volunteerism. Man, that, that pisses me off, man. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, but I, I I think for this episode, like, and just to, to let you guys go because we've been listening for a long time. And I got really mad
1: and I got really,
0: (laughs) but what we'd like to see and what we're going to talk about on this podcast is some of those tough topics and just try to like go through scripture and search our hearts and, and, and talk about them so that we can, have a place that those things are talked about and um you know that's why we said you might not hear these topics in in church but like we think they're valid we think they're important and they need to be discussed because i honestly believe lots of people are thinking about these things but yeah they can't say it they can't be fully known in regards to what they think about these things. And I'm not saying people who just agree with me or disagree with... I'm saying, like, people who even disagree with me feel like they can't even say it. Yeah. And that, like, needs to change because ultimately in the world, the world is the world. They're going to hate each other for whatever. Like, you step on their shoe, they're going to hate you. They're going to kill you. But, like, we're Christians. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to love regardless. We're supposed to love um, no matter what. Yeah. And it just church doesn't seem to be doing that.
1: Forgive seven times 77 or something like that. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. So basically that means
0: forever. So, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we love you guys and we'll, we'll figure this thing out yet.
1: Yeah. I, I do want to apologize because I did get pretty emotional and, uh, I definitely want to keep, but I definitely want to be human with you guys. I definitely want to be able to speak what's, coming to my mind you want to be fully known I want to be fully known and uh however if if you were offended by anything I did say just reach out to me hit him
0: hit him up on Twitter
1: hit hit me up on my on my Twitter that I never check um I'll make him download it right now Yeah, I I might but uh so we said all these things and we we meant what we said Hmm. and if you feel like you need to talk to somebody Whether it's about like, whether it is depression, whether it is things that are happening in your life that you don't understand, whether it is things in God that's God, God's doing through you that you don't entirely understand, man, I'm available. I'm available. We're available. We, we love you. Um, And we want you guys to be able
0: to. Like we're, we're not saying these things because we're unwilling to do them. Like we want these things yes. to happen and we're willing to do them. So if you want to talk to somebody, you want to be transparent you want to share what you're thinking, like we're open to it. Yes. Let us know. We'll meet up with you. We'll talk and where can
1: they meet us up at or where can they talk to us at on the interwebs young and big young or and big, we have our own personal stuff that you can follow us at personal stuff mine is at the Justin Larson on Twitter and Instagram and Justin Larson on Facebook
0: mine is just at Gerald Del Valle and Mm -hmm. it's Gerald Del Valle on Facebook that's
1: D-E-L-V-A-I-L-L-E oh yeah and my name is J-U-S-T-E-N-L-E-R-S-O-N
0: yep all right thank you see you guys bye I love you